Hey guys, this is Lauren Calloway with Untethered with Low. Uh, this segment is primarily like business, business leadership, and just figuring out ways to deal with life and its lessons and blessings through uh, personal experiences that I give and that my guest gives or professional experiences. Um, and so I'm excited today. Uh, a lot of you know, I kind of opened my podcast up and invited, you know, outside people in. And I've done this before, but it's really nice to expand even more. And so I have Vanessa with me today today. Um, she is going to introduce herself and then we'll kind of get rolling on our topic. Hi, I'm Vanessa Sandy. Um, I kind of fell into commercial real estate by accident in 2008. Um, I was actually going to school full time at Queens University of Charlotte. Uh, I was a psychology major and dead set on starting a family and marriage counseling um, practice. <laughs> And I started with a temp agency and got a job uptown managing a couple of properties. Um, and literally the rest is history. I kind of just fell in love. Um, had no idea what property management or facilities management or real estate really was at all um, from an operation standpoint, honestly. And I just kind of enjoyed the fact that literally no matter what day it was, every day was different. And still 15 years later, I learned something new every day. Wow. As cheesy and cliche, cliche as that sounds. <laughs> so the first thing that really popped up for me was um, the concept of you having this dead set idea. And I know we'll get into the real estate, right? But uh, like we said before, like whatever kind of pops up. And um, and it was just like this concept of like you saying you were dead set on doing like this career and being in this space, certain space, you know, what was the transitioning moment for you where you were like, this isn't it for me anymore. And, you know, was it hard for you to let go of that kind of dead set idea that you had created for yourself and transitioning into this, this person you've been for the last 15 years? Um, so, you know, what's kind of funny is it wasn't really hard for me. Um, honestly, like I, I kind of attribute it back to the fact that I thought it was a temporary position. Um, literally day one at 525 North Tryon in Uptown at the time, it was owned and managed by a company called Gateway, or I'm sorry, um, Gramercy Realty. They also own Gateway Center and 101 North Tryon, which are kind of like some iconic buildings in Uptown Charlotte from a real estate standpoint um, when it comes to operations from property management. Um, so yeah, I honestly attribute it to my boss at the time. Her name was Jessica Rogers. She's now Jessica Call. She got married um, a couple of years back. Um, but no, we just had a great relationship. Her and our chief engineer, Jason Cagle, we had, I mean, I'm not going to lie. We had a lot of fun at work. Like I didn't even realize like what I called a big girl job could be that fun. Um, and when they offered me the position permanently, I was kind of like, wait, you know, I graduate in a couple months. Like, what am I going to do? Like, can I make this a career? And, you know, Jessica was a little bit of a younger, um, you know, she was in a great position. She's the property manager on that um, asset, as well as helping out with some other items. And I was like, you know, she's young, she's cool, she's hip, like, she seems to really enjoy this. And she had actually gone to school for property management, believe it or not, um, which I didn't know was a thing. It's actually a thing now. Um, so I was kind of like, you know what, when I graduate, let's just kind of stick this out, see where it takes me. And that's kind of what I did. I love that. And so much like power and like trusting, like when you feel like the shift, you go with it, you know, because I would, I've talked about it a lot lately. Like, you know, this last year has been a crazy year for me as a lot of my listeners know. And like, um, and what was happening as I, what I can acknowledge that was not happening. I, you know, was not listening to the calls that I was given. And so, you know, like 
kudos to you for like, when you felt that you listened to it. And I think so many of us get caught up in like, what things should look like and how things should be. And, you know, chasing the career that, you know, we feel deeply like in love with to not um, see that we're meant to be on a different path sometimes. And so I just love like that gentle reminder of like, Hey, like just because we think it's for us doesn't mean it has a long-term season (laughs) for us. It might not even have a season at all, you know? (laughs) (laughs) And so I just love that reminder. It's been coming up for me a lot. Like I said, I've had a really wild year a lot of my friends now listeners just like and what really attributed it like what I attribute to is like my inability to like hear the calls that I need change and I need to step away from people places and things that haven't been serving me um, that are really stifling off your energy and like (laughs) draining you mentally emotionally physically financially and so Well, and I'm a vibe matcher as I mean, right now I feel like the whole vibe thing is a little, you know, overused, but honestly, like, so I match people's energy, right? So what was so funny was that I was a psychology major, but really in our industry, in our business, what we do, I mean, psychology can be applied because it's really just about managing expectations, you know, Mm -hmm. whether that's your boss, your owner, your partners, Um, you know, if you do third-party management, maybe that's your client, or, you know, if you own the properties, like here at my current position at Colette, like it's kind of cool because my portfolio is mixed with third-party, but also we own some of the properties that I manage. So, um, you know, it's all about managing expectations and psychology is a huge part of that. Um, And not to sound like a complete sociopath, but, you know, I, I talk to different clients a different way. So once I know there are clients who want to have their hands in everything, then you know what? I respect, I respond to them a different way. Some clients are like, yo, like just handle it. If it's fixed, it's fixed. Give me an update down the road, but I don't need like the five minute, you know, updates. Um, So it kind of is really interesting because as a psychology major, I always was really interested in how I would see other people managing it expectations. So I learned a lot from some of my, I say bosses, but also mentors in the industry. Um, Mark Stryker uh, was my boss uh, when I was with Lincoln Harris on the Bank of America account back in 2010. Um, So I learned a lot from him on managing expectations. And he taught me that communication is key. It can go a long way, literally just letting someone know that you're working on something, just a simple like, hey, I received your email. And it sounds silly, but like I was so young. I mean, I was 20, 21, 22, I think when I worked with him. So it's like simple stuff like that. Like if you've never worked in an office environment or a business setting, I mean, you might receive an email and like, okay, I'm immediately going to start working on it. But just to say like, oh, you never even thought about the fact that, you know, that you should just say, hey, received, you know what I mean? Like simple communication, because I wasn't a business major. Um, but yeah, things like that. Um, but watching him manage, you know, Bank of America's expectations, because we worked on a brand new um, construction project. It was one Bank of America Center, which in 2010, it was a brand new construction. Um, he hired me. I started in March of that year. Um, the building opened, I believe, June or July of 2010. Um, but what's interesting about commercial office new construction is you can um, bring each floor online individually versus getting TCO for an entire building. So I know I'm kind of going in the weeds with the construction talk, but so Mark and I had to attend a lot of project management meetings, a lot of construction meetings, you know, not the most exciting thing for a 21, 22 year old female, um, who was new to the industry, you know, but I learned a lot and it, I cut my teeth <laughs> as I like to say, <laughs> Sounds like you learned a lot um, and you had fun and 
Um, I love, I love, I just love the fact that, you know, like you said, like managing expectations and learning how to meet people in their perspective ways. And I was literally just talking about that before I sat here with you and, you know, at like, um, at this business, uh, meetup I was having with this girl, like, you know, I was like, you know, I'm having these revelations of like, you know, not only do we have has God gifted us different language in the way that we speak, but he's gifted us this, this ability to have different perspective and reception modes and things like that. And so I've been learning as my, there's a, there's some words that like keep coming up. And like, as a kid, um, my father, God rest his soul, you know, he's called us chameleons and our ability to show up in all the spaces and like hang out with anybody. And so, and then in the new age, like <laughs> new age, it's uh code switchers. What they call, you know? <laughs> you are my human. Yeah, yeah, like, I'm like, uh, you're saying all my buzzwords, as like, I like to say. <laughs> I'm like, uh, I don't, I like the chameleon a lot more than the code switcher, but I'm also per, like do coding, coding stuff. So like, I'm like, I get it. But, but I'm just I'm getting old so yeah I'm like well, and I'm a Gemini so I always I never like to go in you know too deep with the whole zodiac sign thing because I know it's very cliche and it can be very pigeonholed and it's like oh my gosh like you read your zodiac thing for the day and it's like you know <laughs> I'm gonna have wrong. coffee like they can be very generic but what's funny is I was I thought about the fact that like oh well, I'm a Gemini so it's like two sides to one coin right mm-hmm. so like you know I'm either oh I'm overly social and I want to be out and I want to be around everybody and I want to be at all these events or I'm literally like hey I just want to be a hermit crab this weekend like I'm gonna live in my pajamas Netflix and chill by myself like (laughs) if my kids aren't there and it's just so funny how it's just such an opposite dynamic but like you said the chameleon thing it's so true and in our in like not only in the industry but just I think where we are um as people and just after COVID, like you really do have to have a thick skin and just be able to fit into any situation. Cause right now we have no idea what's going to go on. Absolutely. Like, <laughs> and people are so like still broken from like that time of separation and like stronghold. And so I, uh, you know, I've, I've been interacting with people and I'm like, yeah, the COVID is a uh, COVID life is still sitting with you, you know, and you're like, all yeah. right, well, you can be yourself here. Like, it's okay, you know, be weird and awkward. I'm like that all the time. It's my <laughs> literally, I'm the most awkward person on the planet while being the most social. It, it yeah. makes no sense. But it yeah. makes no I'm sense. I'm a conundrum. <laughs> I always tell people, like, I'm a, I'm an introvert. And I was like, there's no way. There's no yeah, way. people never believe me. Or like, when I go into details of like what I do on the weekends, they're like, wait, what? Like, you're not out and being social. I'm like, I am the biggest nerd like I love to read I love scary movies um I'm a big podcast person obviously like when I saw your post I was I literally jumped as quickly as I possibly could I between um watching you know all of the true crime and literally falling asleep every night to forensic files um you know when I'm in the car I'm listening to true crime podcasts or um you know people are always like oh do you listen to like business related things or you know real estate podcast I'm like no why would I do that like I want (laughs) to I want to I want to detach myself from my life like I want to listen to the true crime I want to hear about other people's issues and problems you know as as morbid as that sounds but yeah I'm a huge fan (laughs) no I agree I love that I um yeah I'm yeah I'm about to start ministry school so like I'm in this space of like restudying and rereading like the bible and stuff but outside of that like I, I do like to go out but I go out by myself a lot like I just go to raves and like go dancing alone um I love it yeah (laughs) 
<laughs> it's hard with people like and that's kind of like getting back to like what we were talking about like people meeting people where they're at and everybody's so different it's like you know I realize like going out with too many people at once is a little too much like trying to manage everybody's energies energy and, and the matching doing. people's yeah I ain't got time for for all 100 percent and I'm out to have a good time <laughs> So I, I, I realized like just when things can go south pretty quickly. <laughs> Some of the yeah. people I realized I hang out with definitely are a little drama filled. So I'm like, oh, let me let me just not go. Which I'll well, not go. And what's funny is I realized how um I I surround myself with a lot of strong-minded people, which is really cool. And a lot of them are women. They're all very opinionated, which is great, like girl power, whatever, feminism, all that. But it can also make for a very interesting social environment once alcohol is involved or depending mm -hmm. on the setting. Yeah. Um, you know, another thing that I always think about with our industry groups is like, man, like I just wish there were more events or just social gatherings that didn't always revolve around alcohol. <laughs> you know, I mean, it's, it's, it's a, it's a thing in our industry. Mm -hmm. Um, obviously, you know, we all, we, we all partake and, um, but yeah, I, I like to, to hang out and do, you know, the community partners type things, outreach, community outreach is very important to me. Um, that's one of the things that I really love about our industry groups. Um, you know, I'm an active member of BOMA, um, as well as IFMA. Um, they're, you know, real estate groups locally. Um, they kind of keep you involved networking wise, but also help you give back to the community. Um, and honestly, I kind of like that balance of like, yes, of course I want to network. Of course I want to be social and do those things that do involve alcohol generally. Um, but I also want to give back and like, that's very important to me. Um, outside of like my, my work life, I am very involved in the Junior League of Charlotte. Um, it's a group of women who um, our goal is to promote um, and expand the leadership of women, no matter what role you're in or what industry you're in. So I, lead, I meet a lot of women outside of the real estate industry, which is really cool. And I mean, when I say some of the most successful women I've ever met, I mean, lawyers, doctors, you know, accountants, working in finance, just you name it. I mean, these women, there's about 600 of us in Charlotte in the chapter here um, and they're just so amazing and it's literally going to a meeting and it sounds very cliche but like you just feel more empowered you know and it's very cool um, I've taken on a leadership role within the junior league so I'm now the risk manager for 20 the 2023-2024 uh, league year so I'm really excited it's a new role for me when it comes to a leadership standpoint so I'm learning a lot um, but the risk manager just ultimately review contracts for the league. Um, so it's no different from what I do for work. So that's why they kind of felt like I would slide into the role pretty easily. Um, but so that's keeping me busy. Um, but the cool thing about the junior league is not only, um, you know, promoting the development um, and leadership of women, but we also support local nonprofits in Charlotte. So everyone from the relatives, um, Second Herbs Food Bank, um, you know, I mean, pick one. I don't think there's a group we don't partner with. Ron McDonald House, uh, Carolina Breast Friends. So, you know, it keeps me busy, keeps you, uh, keeps you sane. <laughs> I love that. I'm so glad, like, you know, the conversation has just kind of flourished into this because, um, you know, I do a lot of stuff with women. I was just on the news for my women's circles. I've been hosting each month. And so like being very, yeah, being very community oriented is like one of the most important things for me and empowering women and reminding them just like how much, you know, they, they are able to be connected to one another and have this community over competition and like grow together, lean into each other, you know, utilize each other to expand their businesses. It's been really um, important over the last 
last, like, f- especially a few months that I, I mean, I've been here for two years, uh, but I've, I've lost somebody every six months for the last year. So like I've been in a grief state and just dealing. So hearing you talk about networking, getting out, like is a reminder yeah. for me, I think um, I used to do a lot of it and I have my own networking groups. I have two networking groups, one's all women and um, just congratulations on your little, on the, on the role, like with them. Thank you. Um, yeah, I've been with the Junior League since, t- um, so I moved back from New York City in 2015. I joined the Junior League of Charlotte in 2017, um, and I immediately got really involved. Um, I'm really uh, enthusiastic about fundraising. I like to support the community, so I've always personally done my own fundraisers, but the Junior League really lifts you up and gives you this empowerment and teaches you ways to be a better fundraiser and to raise more funds for the community. So for the longest time, um, I chaired the Little Black Dress Initiative, which is our biggest fundraiser for the Junior League of Charlotte, where every year in the month of March, um, for one week, we wear the same little black dress. um, And we try to open awareness about poverty in Charlotte and how literally like if you aren't well off, or if you don't have money, like some people literally are living paycheck to paycheck. And sometimes they can't even wash their clothes. You know, homelessness is real in Charlotte. It's a big thing. I mean, all you have to do is drive you know, five minutes from where I am right now, I'm sitting across the street at the Target in Metropolitan, you know, Um, but it's a real thing. So for five days, these 600 women in the Junior League of Charlotte fundraise and literally wear the same black dress every day, you know, whether it's to work. I mean, COVID made it a little hard because it was kind of funny wearing the same black dress like in your house. I love that. I think I just was wearing like black leggings and like a black tank top because let's be real, I didn't put wear clothes on when I was working from home (laughs) during COVID. But I mean, even during the COVID years, we still raised about $35,000. And I mean, these women are just so impressive. Um, It's just amazing. But the league really gives you these tools to, you know, lean on your connections. And I'm very blessed because in the industry that we work in, we have a lot of folks that are willing to give. And so I can be honestly, you know, I can only say that there were probably two or three years that I was a top fundraiser for the Junior League of Charlotte because of my network and just that everyone's so giving. And um, it's really nice to have that support system here in Charlotte, honestly. I love that. And I feel like I need to like, come work with you guys. And, <laughs> and yeah, um, you should apply. We're always, you know, looking for new members. They call them provisionals. So for about a year, I'm going to warn you, the Junior League of Charlotte does not play. It is not about, um, so I was also in a sorority um, in college and I was in a graduate chapter of a sorority. So we always had this thing called, um, there is no half-stepping. So the Junior League of Charlotte is very serious about your membership. And if you want to be a member, they put you through what is called a provisional year. So it's all about seeing if you're really committed, right? And there are credit hours that you have to give in and that's, or, you know, you have to commit to. And a lot of that's volunteer hours. A lot of that's leadership training. A lot of it's just random training. You can really sign up for any training you want, but it's a lot of volunteer hours because I want to make sure you're committed. And I'm not saying it's some elite group of women because literally there's 600 of us, you know what I mean? So it's not like, I mean, if you're committed, you're committed and that's kind of what you show, but I really enjoyed that provisional year, which I did pregnant by the way, which was very hard, (laughs) but I still showed up because I wanted to prove that you know, just from what I knew and and going back to my first boss, Jessica Rogers, she was a member of the Junior League of Charlotte and she was the one who turned me on to that. So I always remember how active she was and how she spoke so highly of the league. And so I was like, you know what, I'm eight months pregnant, but I'm going to finish out my provisional year and just show that I'm, you know, (laughs) I'm committed. And I mean, if you can get through that first year, it's, it's worth it. 
Sure. I love that. I'm already uh, on a three nonprofit boards. And so, oh, impressive. I, yeah. So I'm on the uh, young professionals for the American cancer society. We just had That's our first. Yeah. And then I'm on a nonprofit for healing and uh, farm work. And then another is for dog training for veterans and kids with autism. And so oh my I'm starting to work with the autism strong foundation with both those last two. And so I do like nothing but community work. That's never, I love it. <laughs> Yeah, I knew we were kindred yeah. spirits. We were That's um, <laughs> but, you know, I'm shifting and I, I want to keep growing. I actually have an active presidential campaign for the United States of America. And, you know, I've just been doing a lot of communities work um, to really heighten people's mind, body and spirits and their businesses through like the marketing and stuff that I do with the web development. So I'm really, uh, you know, interested in other women who are, you know, literally working towards the same things that I'm working, especially wanting to be president. You know, I hold that space um to be very like just high regard for how we live to be of servants for our uh, our community more than anything and so and I've been homeless three times so I've already already know what it's like to have been in those spaces and to live without and so I um I definitely believe in like shifting the whole economic system so that way it supports people um in a better way uh both mentally and financially physically and all that as well so I um, I get it girl I was you know I I was not a lot of people know this about me but I was raised by a single mother a single teenage mother she had me when she was 16 um absolutely amazing she's my hero um you know but times weren't always easy I mean that you know what was crazy about Stacy was you know like obviously looking from the outside you know outside looking in you would have never known that you know we weren't millionaires because she always made sure I had the coolest clothes the flyest sneakers all that you yeah. know going to school you know growing up is hard and um you I would have never thought I never knew that we had money issues or that my mom was busting her butt working three jobs and going to school full-time always so you know for me it means a lot that like the work ethic that I see um, within the women in our industry is really important. It's, it still empowers, it, it, it gives me empowerment because to me, it's like, you can never stop working or you can never stop hustling as cliche as that sounds. Um, but you're truly an inspiration. And, um, I just, I'm glad you shared your story because I did not know that about you. Yeah. Well, thank you for sharing yours. Uh, you know, <laughs> there's always a reason for the season and reason for getting together with people. And I just, you know, like I said, I'm about to start ministry school. So I'm about to be back in school. And so like, you know, just really keeping uh Christ-like alignment in my life is super important and just reminding people of the goodness and the servitude that we're here for, you know, through activism, through just being a decent human being, you just never know whose day you can brighten by just, you know, giving a smile or, you know, um, I'm very, uh, very lucky for the people that come to me for the, all different kinds of support that I give that nobody knows about. And that's just what I want to keep doing with my life. And that's the whole reason I'm, I'm just in the spaces that I'm in. And I actually have a women's retreat coming up in a few weeks where we camp in the woods and Oh, that's awesome. <laughs> re-embody and connect with one another and dive deep into sisterhood and, and releasing our doubts and our worries and realizing that like, we're all feeling the same way. We're all struggling yes. in the same spaces <laughs> and like, nobody's alone. You just have to speak up when you need the so, love and support. You know, I have two daughters, five and seven, Sloan and Maxwell. They are literally the coolest people on the planet. Um, They are my hashtag squad. Um, I'm always like, you guys are too cool for me. Like, why do you even want to hang out with me? Right? Well, so of course they're absolutely obsessed with the Barbie movie right now. You know, it's everything. It's a whole vibe as I continue to say. 
Um, but there is literally this part where, you know, the main character, not Barbie, but um, America Ferreira's character goes on this whole, I mean, she basically has this monologue where she's talking about, I mean, I'm getting chills thinking about it as silly as that sounds, but she goes into this monologue of how being a woman is so impossibly hard because there's this fine line, like you can't be a bitch, but you can't, you know, you, you can't be too nice because then you're a pushover or, you know, you can't be too pretty because then you're not respected, but you have to wear makeup and you can't look like crap because like you looked like you just ran out of bed and you didn't take time. So, I mean, literally like her monologue alone just made that movie. And it was wild because I was like, she did not say one thing that was not true. And I think every woman in America, no matter shape, color, size, whatever, like they could they could 100% relate to what she said. So yeah. if you have not seen the Barbie movie, I promise I'm not marketing or working for them, but <laughs> it's amazing. It's a whole thing. <laughs> um, yeah, I, I love that. And I think it's important, like, you know, that she made that one statement and it covers all of the things. And, you know, some people will argue that, you know, women wanted, you know, the freedom to do this and that. But I think, you know, even that got a, is, is, is skewed. And I think our perspectives kind of ruin what re- women genuinely wanted and deserved more than anything. And so, um, yeah, I just, we create a space for women. This is our third year. It's called Rewild. We um, camp at this camping resort and kayak and we do socks. And so, you know, it's not glamping. It's like real camping, right? So well, <laughs> there's tent camping there's rv options and then there's glamping but we sell out of the glamping really quick um yeah 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 that's like the top a tree house this year that sold out so i'm so interested in doing the tree house thing that's (laughs) gonna be great (laughs) we're excited hopefully the place will have a few more next year but um you know it's just it's really you know just remind reminding women that you know we're here to lean you know we like come back to the community come back to being accepted for what you're growing through and know that like you can literally say anything and you'll met, be met with no judgment and yes. um, and if they are judging you they for you and it's time to like find 100 you know i saw a quote the other day that said if if I, if you are not standing up for me in a room that I'm not in, then, you know, like you're your biggest advocate. Right. And I, it took me a really long time to realize that in our industry, it's, there's a lot of genuine people. And then there are a lot of not genuine people. And there are a lot of people that, you know, if I'm not giving them business, I might not hear from them for a couple of years. And it's, it's very interesting to kind of see how people handle, you know, a position that you're in work-wise, whether it's a different, you know, sometimes it's facilities management for me, or sometimes it's been property management. And that doesn't always mean that I work with the same people. Um, But it is really interesting because when you meet that, those genuine people who you kind of end up having, I mean, as cliche as it sounds, you really do make real friends. And um, it's interesting because those people will stand up for you in a room that you're not in. And a lot of times those are other women and that's what you need. I mean, we need the support. Um, You might not necessarily have to like someone, but you can still support them and you can still be like, yo, I see what you're doing. Like, do you boo? (laughs) Well, and the other thing is, you know, sitting down with, uh, this girl who's, you know, working on growing her ministry and, you know, is coaching on coaching her on, you know, a lot of different ways she could grow and expand. And one of my favorite ways to, and it keeps popping up that I told her was, you know, find those four or five friends of yours that you can say, Hey, I put a new post up about a product or something. Um, do you mind sharing it? You know, and just like finding people who, when you're even more so like not even standing up for you, but like when they have an opportunity to plug you, they create 100%. 
You know, yeah. I'm really big on that. Like all my friends, like they've gotten some plug, <laughs> some, you know, and maybe it didn't turn anything, but you know that I'm constantly <laughs> in, in unintentionally keeping you in mind. And like yeah. if something comes up in a combo, I'm like, oh, I got somebody for that. Yeah. Or like yeah. my favorite thing is like, I always continue to hate like referencing like a Nicki Minaj song, but like, if the, the, Hey, she, my best friend, like <laughs> I'm, I'm going to give a plug when I can, you know, I have yeah. a girlfriend. She's, I probably known her almost 10 years in the industry. She is a partner in a very successful um, painting and fire stopping company. I always refer people to her if I possibly can. Um, you know, one of my other really close girlfriends in the industry is the current president of the chapter of BOMA. And she's a senior real estate manager at CBRE. Um, this past year, she did the local chapter, or I'm sorry, the local um, campaign of Dancing with the Stars. Okay. And we had a whole committee that helped her raise about $35,000. And I mean, literally any chance I could get to talk about her, her and her campaign, I made sure I did it just because yeah. like, it's, it's just about supporting women, no matter what you're doing. And just knowing that we're here. Absolutely. I, uh, you know, and kind of keeping on that it's, you know, we get bogged down by the world. You know, some people really let the world kind of take over their lives. And I just want to encourage those who feel like life is taking over to intentionally start thinking about others and intentionally start thinking about how you can support others. Because when you get out of your own bubble and your own space and own head headiness, then you're creating opportunities to be healthier and happier. And you're not so woes me what's going on and feeling the stress of the world. And so I think that's what kept me going a lot after losing my dad, my grandpa, and my stepmom this last year was that, you know, I was in, I was, you know, I was coaching people and I was hosting retreats and I was um, on the board of the American Cancer Society's Young Professionals. And so I just kept doing things that kept me of service. So that way, like I, I wasn't spending all my time being in my own personal bubble space of worry grief um and loss and so i know it gets easy i talk to a lot of people who are kind of like just in their own bubble and it's okay to be in your own bubble but yeah. it's important to intentionally uh and unintentionally subconsciously like really think about the people that are around you and the ways that you can be a, like of loving service and give them opportunities that make their life better because when you're gifting people these opportunities they're always going to remember you and they're going to do the same naturally um as opportunities come as well so that's um just like a little gentle reminder like yeah well and everyone handles grief differently you know one of my favorite classes while I was a psychology major at Queen's University of Charlotte literally was called the psychology of death and I tell people all the time how it was such an interesting class to me because like obviously I've always been fascinated about by true crime and death and just not to sound morbid but I think we all kind of have this fascination with it now especially after COVID but it was really interesting because one of my professors and I'll leave you with this because I think it's really interesting but one of my professors always said that you know death obviously makes people very uncomfortable no matter what standpoint you're talking about grief in general right like which how could it not um, but instead of referring to someone, you know, as passing away that you just have to say that they died. And I'm like, at the time I felt like that seemed so harsh, you know, but from a stand that standpoint, I had never lost anyone close to me. So I didn't really think about it that way, but everyone deals with grief differently. And I mean, that class just, it was eight hours a day, every Saturday for six or seven weeks. And I'm telling you what, I, it was just amazing. <laughs> I've never forgotten that class. <laughs> I have to say, I mean, I lost my brother when I was 14 too. So I've experienced like a lot of a wildness around grief and my dad and my stepmom had lived with me before they died as well. And so, um, you know, it was a lot going on, but I really, um, 
you know, I was always honest about where I was at. You know, I'd be like, I've had a rough few days. I would make a post like I'm not doing well. Um, and I think that really saved my life a lot of times. But, you know, we all process it different, but there's so much we can do to help uh, yes. soften the the grief, pro the grieving process. And I just have been trying to be. Um, oh, no, you froze up. Oh, wait, there you are. <laughs> I've been trying to be more transparent about, you know, all the things. <laughs> no, well, in, in yeah. Yeah. Mental health is insanely important. Obviously I'll say it again. I was a psychology major. So I'm a big believer in, mm -hmm. you know, taking care of your mental health. And that sometimes doesn't always mean physical stuff, but it means, I mean, sorry, not only mental stuff, but sometimes it means physical stuff, like doing the right things, eating right, you know, or eating better. I'm not saying you have to eat perfect. Cause let's be real. I don't eat perfect. And I love food, yeah. um, but just being active. Like no one says you have to run six miles a day or, you know, sweat so hard, like you're drenched or whatever, or work out so hard, you're drenched in sweat, but just being active as you can and surrounding yourself with positive people, man. Like the toxicity in the world right now, like I just feel like COVID changed things and I hate to always go back to that, but I'm telling you right now, like mental health is key. Like I cannot preach that enough. It's so important. It is. Um, I'm currently coaching a guy for mayor in Gastonia and we had like a forum and um, one of the topics, there were like multiple topics, but like the, what they broke down to at their root were like mental health awareness, Good. education. So it's funny hearing. So important. People, yeah. Like these people be like, I don't really know how we're going to solve some of these issues. I'm like, it's simple y'all. Yeah. It's simple. It's how do we and take. It shouldn't be a stigma. It really shouldn't. I mean, just, you know, who cares that I talked to a therapist we it's nobody's business, but you know what? Mental health is important. And if, if that's what keeps me sane and keeps me coming back to work and keeps me being, you know, what I like to call, consider myself super mom and super woman, you know, um, then honestly, like I, I know what's, what, what I have to prioritize and my mental health is it, you know, and it some is. of that's coming into the office and sometimes it's not coming into the office or sometimes that's being around people. And sometimes it's not, it's just, it is what it is. And that's kind of how I had led this year um, with all the grief was like, I just what kept showing up however was best for me, no matter what 100%. Um, in my business. And maybe it suffered because of it. But at the end of the day, like if it would have suffered if I didn't do yeah. what I needed to do. If I didn't, you know, reschedule meetings, it <laughs> suffered because I would have never been present, engaged, active. Exactly. So and I think like, people, yeah, people confuse the being there physically and versus being present and actually being there mentally. So hundred I get that. So just been trying to, you know, and then I run a private women in business group with the same girl that I do the women's retreats with. And so like, you know, we had one of our women lose, lose their mom um, through this oh, last wow. year after I had went through all my loss. And so she was like, Lauren, I know she made a post, but she's like, Lauren, yeah. you, you could chime in. And, you know, it's, it's a blessing to be able to go through these experiences, no matter how hard they are, because, you know, they, they make us stronger support systems, one with, within ourselves, but then for the community because we're all always ending up in the long run going through a lot of the same things and so um Definitely. I keep trying to remind everyone that it's been hard but uh, I would never trade my life and all the experiences I've had good or good what we deem good or bad um for anything because it's made me the best me that I could be for my community so I um I definitely lean into just like the the pouring out. So some people, yeah, no, I, I always call it, I call it vomit. I word vomit a lot of times. Like sometimes I never know when to shut up, but I don't know. I think 
you know, we're all human, I think. <laughs> and, um, you know, everyone handles things differently, but I think just knowing that you have a support system is just, it always, it's important, whether it's professionally and personally, if you don't feel supported at work, that can cause you extra stress as well. If you don't feel supported at home, that's just more stress and it can lead to toxic environments. And I know better than anyone that if you can't recognize that you're in a toxic situation, it can be detrimental, not only to you and your health, but everyone around you. Absolutely. Absolutely. And I think for the most part, a lot of us are becoming more aware of like where we are present moment and how we're acting. Of course, there's some of those people are still, you know, got a lot of deep work to do, but um, yeah. you know, we're always a work in progress. All each and Yes. Every I'm a huge believer in that. I mean, that continuing education and not only for work, but for your personal life is so important. Oh, it really yeah. is. I mean, that's like I said, I'm going to ministry school. So like, it's so cool, like, by the way, very yeah, cool. Very yeah. I never thought I'd ever be here, but here we are. So the Lord works <laughs> his ways. And, <laughs> right. <laughs> and so I'm just showing up doing what I can, but I'm a big, <laughs> I love ed- continuing education stuff as well. And so, um, so I know we kind of like, uh, I know we said a lot about like all this other stuff that transpired, which was super, yeah. and super soul satisfying. And I really love that we had like this time, but um, if you want to talk about anything when it comes to real estate, I want to give you space to, you know, talk a little bit more about, you know, the work and business that you do if you want it. Um, or if you feel like we've kind of tapped out on time, I know yeah. um, the middle of the work day. So I, uh, yeah, no, I think, um, well, I've got a, I've got a follow-up call after this, um, or a call with another um, client, but um, no, I mean, if you know me, you know me in the industry, I've been, um, you know, doing what I've been doing since 2008, um, property facilities, project management, asset management. I've been lucky enough to work on two new build construction projects um, in Uptown Charlotte, uh, class A high rise buildings, um, once in 2010, and then more recently in 2021 at FNB Tower, which is right across the street from Panther Stadium. So I've been really blessed. I've had some awesome opportunities. I've worked for some with some really amazing people. Um, I've had some really great mentors, women and men, and I've learned a lot and I continue to learn a lot every day. And that's kind of why I like this gig, but that's really all I have to say. <laughs> I love all that you said, and I love all the work that you're doing, just like a big props to you celebrating you like big time for being such like a shining light and so dedicated. (laughs) Thank you. Being good and doing good. It's such an important thing that we do here. It's just those simple things. Be good, do good, uh, give love. Of course. Or I know it's a lot right now, but be kind. I, my <laughs> daughters say it to all the time, you know, they're five and seven. If they can figure it out, we all can. <laughs> oh, exactly. And I think, uh, it, that being childlike and in, in our day to day is super important with keeping flowing. And so, um, I just thank you for taking the time. Glad we, yeah, I think thank we you for having me. <laughs> yeah. Um, and, and what will happen is I'll get this up. Uh, you'll get a copy as well, audio and videos. Oh, so you can reuse it for any of your own purposes. Um, but, um, I just, again, thank you for being here. This was such a blessing and I would love to talk more, um, about the foundations you're in and how I can definitely will team up and then, (laughs) um, let's try to get in. You're in Charlotte, right? Yeah, I'm in Charlotte. And just to leave you on this, because I always forget I'm the worst at marketing my own fundraisers. Um, every year I do a ugly sweater Christmas party for the local campaign of uh, 
Toys for Tots. Um, so this will be our seventh year here in Charlotte. I started it when I lived in Manhattan, but I only got one one year under my belt before we moved back to from New York. Um, so yeah, so this will be my seventh year. I have an amazing host committee now that, I mean, last year we collected over 500 toys, raised over $5,000. So it was really nice to be able to present, um, you know, the local chapter or the local campaign for Toys for Tots. Um, a check. We even got a fun big check made, which was like actually really hilarious. Um, but no, it's, it's a good time. Ugly sweater is required, but we um, historically always do that um, on Giving Tuesday, which is the Tuesday after Thanksgiving. It's 1128. So stay tuned. More details to come. I haven't secured a venue yet, but um, it's always a very good time. <laughs> Absolutely. I would love to join. I love ugly sweater things myself. Who doesn't, <laughs> right? I mean, it's so fun. There's so much you can I do. I don't even it. like Christmas, but I love ugly sweaters. <laughs> oh. Well, and it's so great to see how it evolves every year because I've always been a sweater dress person. And then last year I found this amazing girl who made, handmade me a uh, a top and a skirt. And I basically looked like a Christmas, a walk-in Christmas tree. But oh I found her on Etsy and it was amazing. It came just in time, but it is really funny to see like the onesies or the blazers that the guys wear just yeah people get very creative and we always have a we always have a contest for most uh, or ugliest sweater not most ugliest <laughs> my seven-year-old would have corrected me but yeah so um, more details to come on that and I'll share I'll share with you but yeah, thank you so much do. for your time yeah well please do so <laughs> I can share and if you're still looking at venue I don't know how many people you're looking to host with the Charlotte Art League's been a good one um that have been oh, so, yeah. so um, I'll be honest we we did the, the Hamilton last year we so we did online ticket sales for the first time we tapped out at 150 however they let us to continue sell tickets at the door and Hamilton was just not ready. They were not prepared. Um, they, like I said, this industry is full of, we got a lot of big drinkers wow. and a lot of big spenders and yeah. the bartenders were just, they got their butts rocked. So I am going to be looking for a venue that can hold probably at least 200 people yep. um, and just be prepared from a standpoint of, you know, that they're used to handling big events, which I know the Hamilton is, but I just think with our group, they, we drink fast and we drink hard. So <laughs> Yeah, no, the Art League has a space of 200. Um, oh, great. But uh, I'll get you in touch with Jim and you yeah. guys can talk about it more. We can definitely talk offline about that. But I really appreciate it, Lauren. I hope you yeah. have a great day. Thanks, honey. I hope you do too. Bye. Bye.